Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why It Matters, the podcast for the dreamers and the driven. We're changing the world their way. Our guest this week is Pascal Gali. He's the host of Choc de Lejeune, a gathering with presidents, ambassadors, CEOs, and students, where they trade wisdom about topics that don't have a space to be discussed in society. Today, he shares his wisdom from hosting these gatherings. And I think I've been able to organize such events only because of, of the love of people. Because when you love people and people feel that you love them for what they are, not because they have money, not because they have powers, not because they are, just because you lack their true self, they will open to you infinite doors. And people will always ask me, Pascal, how do you do? How do you manage to, to, to invite presidents, CEOs, ambassadors of all around the world? How do you do? And I tell them always my only secret, which is quite simple, I love people. And people love me back. Before we listen to the rest of the episode, everybody take a second to settle in, appreciate where you are, and take a deep breath with me. And now, off to the episode. And we are live, Pascal Gali. Welcome to Why It Matters. Good morning, Luke. I'm excited to be here with you and to have a conversation about yourself and the event that you've created, which I am personally fascinated by because I'm interested in, in gathering people and putting events on in the future. And I think also interested in the mechanics of it and how it came together and what it is. And you've managed to create a space for people to come together and talk about serious issues that impact the physical world that we live in and the dynamics of that. But in a way that's it's not as serious as the real world. Um, so I think it's super interesting. I read a book about gathering and how you can create artificial worlds for people. And that allows people to come and talk about different things. And so I'm excited to get into this gathering that you've created. Um, but before that, I would love to hear a little bit about yourself and step back and say, who is the man behind this gathering and how did how did this gathering even come to be um and so let's try to answer to this question so first thank you thank you to invite me to this podcast i'm very glad to to tell it you a little more about it so i'm pascal as you know pascal galley um, i'm a forensic investigator in zurich working in deloitte in financial advisory so basically what we do is when there is fraudsters of fraud, corruption, money laundering, we deep dives in the, in the documentation to see what happened, where did the money come from, where did it go. So we try to support, um, let's say the companies or even uh, international organization to strengthen the compliance regulations and to that's, that to be much more efficient, I would say on a, financial premium basis. That will be, I would say, for the, for the job. But um, who's the real, the real man, the real, the real me, I would say. Um, 
I'm a poet, so I love poetry. Poetry, I think it's something that um, echoes to the um, harmony of the world. Uh, I love people. Uh, I think that's that's what matters the most for me. It's people uh, interacting with them, speaking with them, supporting them, um, taking from them their history, the legacy, and what I'm. I love. I enjoy doing some sports. I've been, I've studied law in Paris, uh, Sorbonne University. And also I was grew up in, uh, in Africa. I was raised in Togo, which is a continent West Africa, where my dad came from and my mom is from Germany. So I was always keen, I would say to cultural diversity, which is something really important for me. And also some very important topic, I will say women empowerment. This is where I'm part of a Women in Africa initiative to support women entrepreneurs, but also education, because I think that's what makes the, the world better and more equalities. And so I'm part of multiple initiative of this. But um, I think, yes, so that will be a, in a quick, uh, in a quick nutshell, that would be me. Thank you for, for sharing that. Um, I think there's a lot of things in there that are rich subjects to go into. And I think one that stood out for me was the poet idea and it's interesting you have on your job you're looking into people who are committing financial crimes and then you also have this next to this <laughs> is a poet which is super cool like super cool and I feel like that's something that a lot of people nowadays I think are starting to have different itches for creative pursuits and the fact that you're doing it is I respect that a lot um, and so I'd love to ask you about that in terms of what what does that mean for you? What does it mean to be a poet? And what do you feel that channels within you that you can then express? And then why, why poetry? I think poet or poetry, it's um, kind of a, a nexus, a vortex between people, um, the world of gods or whatever spirituality is. I think personally to me, poetry has also, also been a way to express my anger, my fear, my pains, also my hope, my love and my joys. And I think life itself, it's a beautiful poem. There are some rhymes, sometimes it doesn't match, <laughs> sometimes it's beautiful, sometimes it's painful. So for me, what I like in poetry is the, how it can, I would say, how it can enlighten people life. Sometimes you speak with someone, you hear some things and it just makes you feel better. So for me, poetry is a way to connect to, to people's souls and also a way to connect them um, to the world. It's beautiful. Um, and I, I definitely feel that similarly in, in this podcast for myself and being able to host a conversation. And there's definitely been moments and there may be moments today. That I'm sure there'll be moments today where either you say something or I say something that's like that, like, it's like a moment of clarity. It's so beautiful. And I feel like watching a little bit of what you've created in your, in this event that we're going to talk about, I feel like that, that comes through too, in the moments of clarity and beauty. Um, so I'd love to hop into that. And so I'll give the English translation of the name of the event, and you can give me with the proper accent and the sound and the beauty of the name and the way you can pronounce it, <laughs> the event, but um, so the the clash of legends, I think that's a, First off, that's a sick name. Love the name. 
uh, super cool. And you have been able to get a bunch of legends together in a room who are conducting a trial. And so I won't say any anything else, but I'd love to hear. So what is this thing that you put together? What is the Clash of Legends? So the Clash of Legends in French, the Choc des Legends, is an, it's an event I have imagined and let's say created a couple of years ago. So I was walking in, the, in a park and I was thinking, what can I do? Um, what, what, what can I do that is unique? But most of it, what can I do to thank the people, um, my mentors? So I have several mentors, but I would say on a low perspective, I have many too. The first one is the, um, Christian Charrière Bonazel, who is the former president of Paris Bar. And the second one is Marc Bonan, who is the former president of Geneva's Bar. So those two persons, who I call Uncle Christian and Uncle Mark, they are like my, my parents, kind of. They, have, they gave me so much breath, so much strength, um, the will that what you want to do something, when you want to achieve it, everything is possible. And at some point, I just wanted to thank them. And I also wanted to see them clashing themselves because they are incredibly smart, have read thousands of books, speaks Greek, uh, all Latin, incredible people mm. and very humble, but very, very incredibly smart. And that's how I came up with this idea to organize a trial with two legends that will clash themselves and that will allow, let's say, more junior people to attend, like students or even uh, young workers to attend those events and to take for them, take for the seniority, take from the legacy, take for everything they've experienced. Because there is a lot of, let's say, of festival of, of eloquence conquest in France or in many countries, but most of the time it's more students. So I wanted to have like senior people, senior stakeholders that will give us um, their, yeah, just their experience of life. So this is how the idea came from. Wanted to, so a great festival of eloquence, hearts and culture. And so it started at National Assembly in Paris, in France. Uh, and as soon as the event was launched, there was much more, I would say, uh, interest that I would have think of because not only the student, but also some companies, some CEOs, some ambassadors, some ministries. So it grew up very fast. And uh, I've made a couple of editions. Uh, the, the, the second one was the, the, the Trail of God. The last one was the Trail of Progress. And to the last one was also at National Assembly. And we have the president of Ghana who came. So it's, I would say the creature grew up uh, very big itself. And, uh, and yes. It's, I was seeing the, the different trials on the website and the president of Ghana coming by is amazing um and i respect you for putting that together it's gathering people is like not an easy thing to do and the fact that you've gathered a lot of people who are from not only the the age difference which is impressive but the different parts of society is awesome i think creates a really rich place of discussion and i'd love to ask you about that place of discussion so what why of all the things if you're bringing together two legends bring them in a space to have a conversation really smart people I know you work in law, so you have that background. So that makes sense for a trial. But why 
other than that, like why a trial? Like what do you feel is being created in a space where it's like a, a it's I don't say fake trial, but it's a, a space for people to have a conversation without the real world implications. That's a really good question. For me, a trial brings justice. And a trial is the place where you can hear the pros, the cons, who's in favor, who's against. So the, 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 the clash of legion, there is always um, someone who's against and someone will defend. So for example, someone will defend God, someone will be against God. Uh, there is a great jury with uh, senior stakeholders. And as you mentioned, what is very exciting is that there are people from every areas. You have like scientists, like uh, um, artificial intelligence specialists, ar uh, archeologists, uh, astrophysicians, there are CEOs, there are ambassadors, there are ministers. There, there was even a monk once. What? So there is people from <laughs> everywhere. And maybe those people will not meet in the real life, but at the clash of legion, they meet. And the purpose is to, I would say, to give, to spend first a good time, love, mm. reflect, but also maybe to enlighten and to, to enlighten human spirit, to make us, let's say, more, uh, to just to, to spark the wisdom in all of us. Because I think we are now in, um, in a time where debate is very tough. Because if you're not, let's say, if you're not mainstream, then you, you, you cannot do what you want. And I think debate is always good. Even if you don't agree with someone, which is fine, I think it's great to discuss with this person, to know what are his argument, and then to create this, I think it makes people more humble because then you can balance and see, okay, maybe I was wrong, but maybe I was right, but this person has a point. He maybe on this point he, he he's right and maybe I'm right on the other one. So just to bring people, young people, but not only every kind of people, to have this interactive, this dialectic mindset, to debate and to accept uh, the differences in point of view. I'm I'm so with you and just whether it's being on social media or the news and this subject is definitely over talked about, especially in the U.S. But the the place for people to come together and have a conversation where it's not about, hey, can I get another 100 votes from this district to get reelected? It's it's so, so difficult nowadays to have a candid, genuine conversation and just to like, like, hey, what do you actually think? And how does your background, like yourself, like how does that background shape your perspective and your ability to gather people at this event and things like that nature? And it's really hard for us to have candid conversations and I feel like a lot of them come from acknowledging hey I came from this whether it's place or this context this education and this is why I think this way and I feel like that type of a conversation to really understand and then appreciate each other and say all right from there how can we move forward and create whether it's a solution or a different type of debate it's so lacking and I'd love to talk about the trials that you've done and so you mentioned maybe we could just start off with the trial of God. And so that itself is like a wow statement and name, like the trial of God. It's almost like the, the people themselves are like, wow, the trial of God. And so I'd love to hear like, what, what was that trial about and what were you exploring? So the trial of God, it was, I would say, uh, the most 
the, the event I have organized I love the most, the most exciting, also the most challenging. I will tell you in a few why. So the trail of God, I was again walking somewhere. I don't know, I don't remember. And I wanted to, I asked myself, what kind of event can I do that is beyond everything? So I said, yeah. okay, God, actually. And I was, I just looked up to the sky and wow. I got my answer. So this go. is exactly how it happens. So I said, okay, God. But uh, it was still tough. How, how will I organize that? So I've called people, um, the president of Institute Pasteur. Uh, I've got ambassadors. I've got very uh, uh, um, senior, I will say, researchers, uh, an astrophysician, an expert in artificial intelligence. And so I got uh, this a monk also, a monk of the eldest monastery of uh, the Western world. Which is called the Monastère de Ligugé. It's near to, to, to Poitiers in France. So very similar people from for all kinds of areas. And then when I launched the event on the social medias, I was a little excited and had a lot of people who registered. Actually, we were 600 in the room. It was at uh, Amphitheatre Richelieu in Sorbonne University. It's the biggest amphitheatre. So it was it's a very nice place. And we have like, I think I have like 1,500 people who wanted to come, but unfortunately we didn't have enough place. So the enthusiasm, uh, I would say, around the event was extraordinary. However, uh, this time I realized that we are not in a world where you can expect people to understand what you want to do. I mean, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, so I believe in God, but I respect people who don't believe or have another belief. And for me, making the trail of God was to, let's say, to pay justice of what did God do, good or bad? What, what is the place of God in our lives? That was the point, the purpose of this event. It was not to say God is good or God is bad. It was rather to say, how do we as humans live our lives in connection with life with God's existence, if it exists or if it doesn't? And then, there, the event have some success on the social medias, and it's a lot of people start like, I would say, uh, yes, insulting me. Like, how can you do that? Uh, and it was, and for me, it was absolutely. I, I didn't understand at the time because I was like, how is it possible? I mean, it's an mm. event, like a private event. It's to love, it's to reflect. It's like it's a mock trial. I mean, everyone knows it's, it's fake, but some people took it very personal, personally. So there was even some people call for my event to be canceled. And uh, wow. yes, that yes, how can I do that? I will go in hell. It, <laughs> it was, oh God. Yeah, it took, it was much more challenging than I expected. And that at the time, this, this, this is where I think you, you're happy to have people who really love you. The president mm -hmm. of Sorbonne University, Georges Haddad, which is who actually had uh, Pablo Picasso as a mentor. So it's really wow. someone extraordinary. He's a mathematician. He was the president of the university and he told me, I will back you up, Pascal. Mm. But if it if I if I was if it, he wasn't my friend, I would say maybe he will just have canceled the event because there were too, too much pressure. So this was also a lesson of humility to say when you do things, you need to be ready for what's coming because it's much more tough than you can imagine. And uh, after all the logistical things, there was a lot of people who were involved, a lot of people wanted to come. Have a beautiful uh, had a beautiful team also with my cousin Christopher who support me a lot and then we launched the event and 
the thing that that I would say that marked me with this event is, of course, I was incredibly stressed because when you organize such an event, once it's done, you you stressed because I was like maybe you know a student will just stand up during the event and say, "How oh, can you do the trial of God?" So mm -hmm. I was very stressed. Hopefully, it didn't happen. But what was exciting is most of the people in the room do not believe they were they were not believers. Wow. Because I've made a, a let's say um, some statistic to ask, oh, do you believe in God? Yes or no? And people said so. And it was it went. But at the end of the event, there was a woman uh, was a lawyer, uh, Solange Dumic, who, who made an extraordinary plea of defending God. And she it's, herself was a believer. As her speech was so strong, then when she she finished this air speech. And at this moment, I saw this, the room, everyone, and there was a doubt in people's eyes. I, kept, I felt it like maybe there is something. And for me, this was the success of the event, not for people to believe if there is a God or if there is not, not to people to say God is good or God is bad, but just to doubt, to reflect what is God? Maybe there is a God, maybe there is not, but you never know. We cannot know. Maybe we will know when we will die, but no one can say for sure that he knows that God exists, even if he believes, and no one can say he knows that God doesn't exist. So this was all the point of this event is to reflect and to ask yourself maybe some questions that you have never asked yourself. And just to, and I, that was for me the, the most grateful or uh, the most happy part, I will say, of, of this event. So you're turning a bunch of people from non-believers into believers. <laughs> At least in, in people who are adopting. Yeah. <laughs> asking themselves if there is something else. Definitely. I feel I definitely feel like that's the, the base, most important thing to start with, whether you're trying to not become or just hearing more perspectives and, and seeing which ones resonate with you, which I think is awesome. Um, and on that note, you mentioned the idea of creating moments of elevation of the, the spirit and enlightenment and just feeling, feeling in like a little bit of a that different perspective type of a feeling. So I'd love to hear from you in getting into a bit of the structure of the event. So how does how did you approach, how do you think about creating a space for that type of a moment to happen? And especially when you just mentioned the the hate, if you want to call it that, that came in to you about the event, how did you go about thinking of creating a space to have conversations about really, whether it's difficult or just taboo or subjects that are just like not discussed in a series? Like I've never been anywhere close to a space where I can go and sit down with a bunch of people from different backgrounds and talk about God. Like that just doesn't exist in society and you were able to create that. And so I'd love to hear like, what was your thought process around creating the space and the dynamics for that type of event? I think there are two things, or maybe three. The first one is I was very lucky in my life in the way that I was allowed very, very young to interact with senior stakeholders, people. And I would say with people that became somehow mentors to me, hmm. people who have a, a, an incredible life experience for all kinds of level whether in economics, in politics, in diplomacy, and um, everything. And those people, when I talked with them, 
even when even if it's one or two hours i can felt that my spirit in one or two hours has increased has uh, has um there is there was an elevation i can felt it mm. And so I felt very lucky to have this in my life because I've met extraordinary people, uh, because my my parents were uh, give it give us a lot of time for education, etc. And I wanted to share that with people because I told myself I, ha- I was lucky, but maybe there are people they don't have the chance to 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 have these kind of uh, interactions. Maybe there are people that they just they want it, but they doesn't know it exists. So the first thing is I wanted to for people to be able to to share that to experience those things because I think when you are touched let's say by not by intelligence but when you are touched by wisdom or by love or by people's experience you are it, it will it will get you through the heart somehow you cannot uh, be um, it, it will touch you because it's something that is so real it's like uh, it, it, it embodies people experience embodies in, in your life. So that would be the, the first point where I wanted to pray that. The second one, when I was talking with my friends or when I was seeing things on social media, I was a little sad to see that there are things, there are some people, they are so narrow-minded, so dogmatic, they know, or at least they think 100% they're right. I mean, I'm someone who's very, I have very strong convictions and values, but I'm always happy to challenge them and for them to be challenged. And I think uh, with intelligence, there is always a doubt. People who, are, who think they are smart, they know that maybe if they think they are right, they might be wrong. So this is humility and wisdom. And when I was seeing the social media, et cetera, I was a little afraid to see that some people they will not even let room for challenging. So it's like that, period. So this is the reason we give me, I would say, the will to say to create such a space. And also, I didn't have the, I went to a lot of conferences, but it was, let's say, most of the time with the same people. Mm. If you go to a business conference, you will only see CEOs. If you go to a political event, you will only see politics. If you go to a scientist event, you will only see scientists. And I was like, but those people have much to say to each other. So why not gathering politicians, uh, scientists, uh, lawyers, uh, CEOs, ambassadors, MPs, students, medias, NGOs, everything that the world have, because it's it's how you make fruitful moments. Because it's, of course, it's exciting to talk with another peer, but I think it's even more exciting to talk with someone who has a very different background for you, whether professional, cultural, institutional. So this is how it came to me to, to build those in momentum. I will even say those kairos. And this is the name, when the event was done, one of the, the people was there told me, Pascal, this event, it was a kairos. Kairos is in Greek when um, it's when God is there. Wow. Like there was a presence in, and he told me that. And I was very happy to see I've been able to, 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 to create kind of a momentum. And it doesn't matter if you believe or not. It's just like the, what can you take out of those kind of things? And even if it's to strengthen your belief, it's good, but just to challenge yourself. Always try to challenge yourself and, and your ideas and convictions. That sounds 
like that's kind of like the highest level of compliment or expression of gratitude that you can get. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, and that, on that, that last sentiment you were just sharing about gathering a bunch of different people and having the feeling that that person mentioned to you, you said earlier about talking about yourself, how you were raised with cultural diversity. Um, and that sounds like it's, it plays a really big role in the event. So I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear about like that from like, what was, what does that word mean to you? And how, how did you experience cultural diversity from a young age? And for people listening, like I know that for myself, I've been able to host this podcast from this room and have conversations with people from different places around the world. And so I think just my personally wanted to add to the note in that today with the world that we now live in with COVID and Zoom becoming very prevalent, you can find people from who've been born in different places and have had that different background and experiences in life. And you can start to reach out for wisdom that you mentioned that can then touch you. And so I think that on the idea of cultural diversity today, you can, you can really, if you want it, if you want it in your life, you can go out and get it. So I just want to say that for people listening, like, hey, it's, it's not something where you need to be lucky. You need to have this event with presidents and, and ambassadors and CEOs. Like it's there. I'd love to hear from your point of view and from maybe from your earlier days and why, how you maybe first observed cultural diversity and how that played a role in your life then and then how it translated into the event. You know, for me, cultural diversity is not just a concept. It's a path, um, I would say, to peace, to freedom, and to joy. It's not just being say, okay, it's nice to have, or it's nice to be, or it's nice to discuss. I have had the chance to, I was born in Togo, in West Africa, because my father is Togolese and my mom is German. And I was raised in Togo, to my baccalaureate, and then I go in France, make my studies there, my law studies. So my whole life, I have been, let's say, between different cultures, between different laws, between different universe, institutions, different mindset. Of course, there are a lot of differences, but there are also much more, I would say, point in common that we could expect. For growing up in Togo in Africa, I would say it gives you another vision of what life is, of what really matters, because you ask yourself, what, what, is, what is my purpose here? When you see the difficulties around you, and sometimes there are some pain, there are some people, I will say, who have some difficulties, like very, very hard life. But you will see the same people with joy, with supporting themselves. And then you, somehow you realize if you take the chance and if you have the humility to, this world is not just about money and power. Of course, money is important. But this world is about um, legacy. What do you want to do? And it's about love and it's about joy. And I had the chance, even if I come from a privileged um, family, my parents will always go with us to the, to the, to the villages and we will we'll be the, with the farmers and we will even um, uh, take some, um, some vegetables. So it, 
and I enjoyed having the chance to speak with people. And you realize at that, at that point that it has nothing to do with whether you are a CEO, whether you are just a merchant, whether you are a regular person, because you can meet some people in the street and if you spend 10 minutes with them, and if they tell you the life stories, you will just cry because it's mm. unbelievable. And there is a wisdom, an incredible wisdom behind that. And in the same time, I'm a German. My grandmother is a survival, uh, survivor of the World War II. And she will always tell us how it was tough, how she didn't have enough to eat, how it was um, terrible, the war. And the war is unfortunately coming again in Europa today. So I was raised in those two different worlds with different values, rigor, humility, uh, the sense of others, the sense of community. And I think it allows me to take the best from both and give me the very strong will to connect people. Mm. And you're right, this is somehow why I created the Shock de Legion, the Clash of Legions, is to bring people from all, it doesn't matter where you come from, your nationalities, your religion, your work, we're just human beings. Let's connect us. Let's have fruitful discussions and elevate our spirits and try to do something better for this life. So for me, one of the most serious topic today or challenge in the world is precisely cultural diversity. Because if people understood them better, if they knew that there is always something, I would say almost holy in every single cultures and people, maybe we'll not have all this war, all these sufferings because people will love the others. They will not just try to take advantage of them and the benefits, they will see the people as another self. So for me, cultural diversity is, as you say, a way to connect to the world and today, even if you, yes, I'm mixed, but even if you're not, you can always reach out to other people with, with, with the books, with uh, internet, with the social medias today. If you want to connect, if you want to travel physically or virtually, it's possible. And then you can learn from others' cultures, from their history. And when you, when you do that, you learn amazing things. That's, that's for me one of the beautiful journey either. Thank you for sharing that it's a beautiful story. Yeah, I can I can feel it. Even though it's through Zoom, I can feel it coming through. I can't. I can feel it. <laughs> and I I've been lucky that I graduated from college a year ago, and I was able to develop relationships with people who were born and raised in different countries. And the real the beauty that I got from those experiences and relationships and the learning is just crazy because it really. I haven't traveled to those countries. I plan to, I haven't yet, but just at least being able to even interact with like the spirit of the person that comes from that place really allows me to elevate my own spirit. And it's such a beautiful thing. And like you mentioned, I was mentioning, you can, you can get it now in a lot of different forms like Zoom. Um, and one thing you mentioned in that was how you thought about purpose from a young age. And I think that you mentioned coming from a family that was just a good family in a really great spot. And 
going to different places and villages and having different experiences and seeing how other people lived. And I'd love to talk about that dynamic and how you were able to still think about purpose in that space. Because I think that a lot of people, this is a generalization, but I do believe that when you're born into a world that has more things given to you than not, it's you're less likely to think about I want, what, what do I want to leave behind? Because you have things. And so I'd say my question would be like, how did you being in a space where you are quote unquote given more than someone else in the life that they're born into, how did you keep the mindset of, or develop, or how did it come to you that you wanted to be like, I, what, how did that discussion come up? Like, why, why did it come up? I would say there are three, three dimension in it. The first one, I think it's the, how my parents educate me, the values they give me. My mom will always tell me my son, there are two things that matters, humility and generosity. And my dad will always tell me, everything can be lost, but not honor and dignity. And those few words where my, has always been guide, guidelines, guides, um, angels in my life. And humility, when you are humble enough, you know that you have done nothing to be born in a wealthy or powerful family. And tomorrow you can lose everything. And to be honest, I'm very surprised when I see some friends or some colleagues that are quite wealthy because their parents were wealthy or powerful because their parents were powerful. They don't even challenge it, challenge themselves. Say, I was just lucky. I did nothing to be there. Even if I'm smart, even if I work hard, there are some people who are much more, much more smarter than us but it did not go, go that, that well because they, were, they didn't have the same chance. So I always, I'm always amazed by those kind of people that don't even sit down and ask themselves, actually, I did nothing to be there. And the least I can do is try to help people. It's the least I can do. So I never understood, and I think I will never, I will die without understanding. But as you say, most of people, they're just there, wealthy, spending the money, don't even think about how they can support other people. Even if they have more than enough, they don't care. They just want to use the people. And that is something which is very sad. The second thing, I think I, have, I always was someone with strong values and in the read for my parents. And I always knew that I wanted, I wanted to make the, the things a little different. When I saw what was happening, let's say in the world, even when I was young, I did not understood how it was even possible that we, the world is like this. It was for me an incorporation. And when I grew up, it turned into kind of a revolt because I ate injustice. And this also came maybe of my dad because my dad was a human rights activist for decades. And so I hate injustice. So I always ask myself, it's almost an obsession for me. What can I do for people? How can I support? Because when I help people, I'm very happy. That's what drives me um, a lot. And the third one, which is um, much more personal, I have the, um, I don't know if it's a chance, but I have been through a lot of things in my life. And I was very sick, for example, but really sick. And I almost died a couple of times. And I think it also makes me realize that nothing is granted. 
nothing is granted. And when you are sick, or you are about to die, or the doctors tell you you will not survive, or when you think it's the end, it doesn't matter the money, the power of whatever you have. The only thing that matters is love. And it's sad that a lot of people, they don't get it until they get in this point. Sometimes it's too late, they're too old, or they don't have anyone. But for me, I had the chance to, to understand it very soon, because I was almost, I would say, a teenager. And this turned into a way of let's do things while we can, because you never know what's going on. I don't know if I will be still be there tomorrow or in 10 years, you don't know, even if we are young, because everything can happen. It doesn't mean to be, to be pessimistic. I'm very optimistic. But it's up to stand up every day and to ask yourself, what can you do more for this world? And it's not just money, it's the time you give. Time is the most beautiful energy. Time, energy, affection. There is always something you can do for other people. Of course, your family, but not your family, people that you, you don't know. And you can always help these people. And for me, this is the most beautiful rewarding is when you can see that you have helped someone and you forgot that person. And sometime a couple of years ago, eventually, that person come back at you and to say, hey, thank you. And you have forgotten, but this person have not. And this person is very grateful that you are very happy to. And everyone can save people's lives, can change them. You just need to, to really want it. I think I might take that clip and just save it for myself. <laughs> Put it in my files, <laughs> look back on it. <laughs> thank you, thank you for sharing that. I, I really personally appreciate it. Um, uh, and I think people listening will too, because it's really a, that moment of, I've had a few moments myself of really turning something, it's almost like a personal experience of, of being a certain way, having a, at least for myself, having an experience or a moment happen and seeing how that situation, when I was lucky and fortunate enough that I just naturally handled it with love and seeing how that situation evolved into something greater than what it could have evolved into. And I think that it's a super powerful, love is just so powerful. And like you said, that it's unfortunate that some people don't get to experience that maybe ever, and maybe when it's in a place where they're really not in a good place and then love comes to them, but it's a super powerful thing. And I love that it seems love is a integral part of what you're doing with the event. And so it's super cool. And one question that I wanted to ask you about the event is what do you envision it being or, or manifesting into or evolving into? And how do you feel, and you've kind of touched on it, but how do you feel like you see the event impacting society in the future? Yes, I'm already planning the next event. It's right. at the end of the year. Uh, I cannot tell you the subject now, but <laughs> I, will, I will as soon as it's, uh, as it's released. Uh, so it will be at the end of the year. Uh, it will be not a trial this time, it will be a praise mm. because there, I wanted to say thank you um, to something very specific, but it will be just like a trial in the way that there will be, of course, accusation and defense. How I see the Choc de Légion, what I would like to, it's to be able to do it in the whole world. It's to be able every year to go in a country, can be US, can be in, a, in my homeland, Togo, can be in other countries in Africa, 
can be in Asia, can be everywhere, because the concept itself, it's universal. Go gather people, interesting people that just want to discuss and bring those people together so that they can do, because this is also the other part of the event, even if it's not said, the thing is also to, to gather people that will do projects together. And at every single of my events, people will meet, NGO, sometimes businessmen, and they will do projects together. And that's also what I want to fuse, like to have the, the spirit of people that I like, because I, and there is a lot of my friends that are coming, people who have strong values, human values that will gather themselves and try to do something better for the world. It can like building a factory, it can be like a, a grow, um, a grow industry, it can be hospitals, it can be uh, blood, blood facilities, anything that can make the world better. So what I would la love for the shock that is on to stay and to become is a place where people come to discuss, to reflect, to love, and also to build the future, to shape the future. And you said something a little earlier that was very key for me, it's love. Mm. People do sometimes forget how love is powerful. And I think I've been able to organize such events only because of, of the love of people. Because when you love people and people feel that you love them for what they are, not because they have money, not because they have powers, not because they are, just because you lack their true self, they will open to you infinite doors. And people will always ask me, Pascal, how do you do? How do you manage to have such a network? How do you manage to, to, to invite presidents, CEOs, ambassadors of all around the world? How do you do? And I tell them always my only secret, which is quite simple, I love people. And people love me back. And people, when people love you, you can do everything. Nothing is impossible. And the love they feel for you will expand to the world universe. It's, it's how it is. The strength of love it can, can do everything. And some people, and in French, you know, um, love is amour, which is am, and am is soul. So there is a, always a soul in the, in, the, in the love. And in Greek, soul, it's called pneuma. But pneuma is also the way, the name for breath. So for the Greeks, soul and breath have the same, the same, the same word, the same, the, it's the same word, pneuma. And for me, it's very powerful to see how when you give your love to people, your soul, you give them a breath and you can do everything. I, I love that. Um, and I think that on that, that note of love and it being a powerful force, it all, and I myself, I'm hosting this podcast and I'm building an app and I've definitely realized that I act with love and I act with love in these interviews and through the work that I do and it's powerful. But at the end of the day, it always starts with in, in like one person deciding to take a leap and do something and start something, act with love, whatever it may be. And so I think it, it always does come from the source the person that creates it and then eventually there's enough of a momentum 
and team around it where it's supporting itself. I'd love to hear from you. Why, why do you feel like you matter? And why do you feel like you could be the person that was that source? Because taking something on, like anything on that is outside of, that takes, it is required, it requires extra effort and not just like you're going to go on a, a run today, you're going to do something like that's for today, tomorrow, the next day, the day after that, the day after that, and then do, and then weeks, weeks, months, years. And it's things that take a, it's a lot, it takes a lot. And for people to be able to do that is to create something and have it be sustained. And especially when it's driven by love is it takes a lot of energy from the person. And I'd love to hear why you felt like, and I think in order reflecting on my own experience, like for me to be in that position and do something like that, it takes belief in myself and belief that I matter in this world. And I can, I have that purpose and I can do something about it. So I'd love to hear from your perspective, like, why did you feel like you mattered and you could do something? You know, as you said, it takes a lot of energy and will to, because when you do it, because I'm work, I have my regular job. I'm also achieving my PhD. I'm organizing my events. I have involved in several initiatives. So I'm most of the time very exhausted because I'm doing too many things, but <laughs> I would try to reduce it uh, in the following months. What drives me? What makes me think maybe I matters? First, I think everyone could matters. And it's obvious to say, but I've sometimes made some people, they think that doesn't worth it. They doesn't deserve it. They doesn't deserve a good job. They doesn't deserve a good wife, a good husband. They don't deserve to be happy. I think everyone deserves to be happy and everyone deserves to have an impact. Who matters, which matters in this world. You have to want it, you have to fight for it. You have to do everything you can do to fulfill your dreams. What drives me very personally, uh, I would say is the, is the people. Uh, I was given tremendously loved in, in, I was loved my whole life. So loved by my parents, my family, my siblings, my friends, my lovers. I was loved with an intensity which gave me the, the certainty that I want to love and to give back to people. And of course, sometimes you are desperate, sometimes you have difficulties, sometimes you lose the will, sometimes you ask yourself, will it really work? Will it, I will not succeed, I will fail, and there is always a lot of people that will say, no, it won't, it will fail because they don't want you to succeed. Sometimes even your friends or your family, they don't want you to be, to be better than them. They don't, want, they don't want you to have more money or to have a bigger network. So they will and never listen to them. Only take the good energy, the good vibe, and the goodwill. Other things, I don't, I don't it, it passed through my ears and I don't, I don't hear it. So I always try to to be, yes, to be called by what I can feel about, um, mm. about, about the world. And when I see all the injustice, there is, of course, there is always also beautiful things. 
But when I see all the injustice, every day it gives me the strength to say, even if I'm not happy, even sometimes I'm have some difficulties like everyone has, there is so much to do. And I, have, I was lucky enough to see some people who have been through, let's say, very painful things, but uh, that have a beautiful smile, that have a light in love. Mm. And for me, this is, this is what I admire. And when you have met people like that, that have been be, be beaten by the parents, uh, uh, be abused, or that have been born in very difficult uh, economical uh, um, circumstances, that are willing to do, that are fighting, that are happy, you cannot afford yourself to say, okay, I'm, I'm giving up. You're just asking yourself what you can do to people. And I think uh, I, I always knew what I want to do in life, supporting people, Peter. And I think that's what matters for me. That's what matters for me. And I will always give all my strength to, to achieve things. Um, it's not always easy. You have people who like you, there are people who don't like you, but it's, it's how it is. And uh, with them or, or not, we, we will just, uh, we'll just do what, what, what we need to do. Definitely. I, I feel you there. And just at some point, it's just a decision that I think you make the decision that you're going to do something. And, and from there, nothing else matters because you made that decision. And I'd love to hear and, and wrap up with a question that I ask every guest and probably see how some of that answer for why you feel like you, you matter and what, what drives you and how that translates into your work and why you feel, why do you feel like your work matters? Why do you do the Clash of Legends and, and why do you bring people together? I think I bring people together to to try to build um, more peace at some point, joy, uh, of course, some um, elevation of spirit, but really the deep inside me, it's because I think when people have elevated spirits, when they have understood some things, when they have, uh, when they challenge themselves, I think that make them better people, better human. And even myself, when I attend my event, I'm always surprised by what I learned, by what I hear, and it, it changed me. Every single event I've organized have deeply changed me because I will learn things. And it's not just the intellectual part. It was, I would say the spiritual part, not religious, but spiritual in the way what you take out for the people's legacies, experience. And when sometimes you hear the stories of some people, you, it, 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 it's so deep that it touched you. So I think that's the main reason why I create this event is to, because I love people, I love to interact with them, I love to gather them. And maybe deep down inside me, I hope that this could be my way to, to make things better in this world, to make things better little by little. But I think you just need to have a couple of extraordinary people. People want to make a change that matters to change the world. You only need a couple of them. You don't need to have some. And when you have the, ch the chance maybe to just enlighten something in someone, has I had the chance in my whole life to meet people who have made me what I am today, 
as some people inspire me to shock the legend, I hope that my shock the legend will inspire many more to other people. It has inspired me. And so <laughs> thank you for, for honestly, thank you for being who you are and for sharing your experience and what you've learned and also the love that really drives you and the event and the people you bring together. Cause it's, sounds like a super powerful thing. And hopefully at some point soon in the future, I can come to one of these events and see of course, the class. I invite you. I'm <laughs> waiting for you to come and I will, I will definitely do it in, in US a day. And you will be one of the first person I will, I will let, let know. And want you really to thank you too. It's uh, it was a pleasure to discuss with you. And for me, it's, uh, it's, I'm always happy when I see people who have initiatives uh, and I think what you're doing is great, like to pick up people all around the world uh, and very different people. That's, that's very, that's very, for me, I think that's a strength. There is not that, not, not that much link between the people that you pick. And uh, so very, it's, it's, I'm also impressed by that and, and just keep forward, whatever happens. Thank you. I appreciate that. And to you too, much love. Thank you very much, Luke. So anyhow, we'll definitely keep in touch. Let's, uh, let's write us more often. And um, thank you for your, for your time. Uh, thank you for your spontaneous uh, discussions. And it was very great. And that wraps up today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, follow us on LinkedIn at Why It Matters and on Instagram at Why underscore it underscore matters underscore. You will find our community of guests and listeners who are forming the next generation of changemakers. Come join the group of people leading humanity into the future. I'll see you all soon.